folks, welcome back to another episode of The Fallen Badge. Today's episode is going to be the murder of Trooper Sergeant Robert Kimberling, Missouri Highway Patrol. going to open in Buchanan County, Missouri. Now that county kind of sits up there in the northern part of Missouri, northwest, it's north of Kansas. It bumps up to the Missouri River there. You go west of the Missouri River, you're in Kansas. Trooper Kimberling that was the area he kind of rode in. Now in Buchanan County, the largest city is St. Joseph. That's where most of our story is going to center on. And a small town in the south portion of Buchanan County, Fawcett, Missouri. Is going to be a part of this tragedy. But now, before we delve too deeply into Buchanan County and the circumstances that led to the death of Sergeant Kimberling, first we're going to have to travel up north, northeast, all the way up in Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin. Now, there was a fellow that lived up there, and in high school, he was voted most likely to succeed. Now, I don't know if his issues, his mental issues, were under control then, or maybe they hadn't just really cropped up, but he was in a dark place, and he was fighting some demons and he had a tendency to be suicidal he was on medication at least my understanding is he was he worked at a hardware store there and I believe it was East Madison but now he got in trouble because they Figured out he'd stolen a shotgun from the hardware store and sold it. Now that's illegal in Wisconsin to be doing such things. So he got in trouble over that and he had a DUI. And he just wasn't doing too well. well now after he made his bond on his DUI and his, he had some other theft charges he was having to deal with. He evidently had been pilfering from the hardware store for a while. Well, he went to the parking garage where his daddy parked his Chevy Blazer and he stole it. Now, he also, from the house, he took a Colt 357 Magnum revolver. 
and he headed out on the road to parts unknown. And as you can guess, that's quite a predicament when you've got a suicidal mental consumer loose with a hand cannon. There's going to be trouble. It's October 6, 1999. And in the unincorporated city of Fawcett, Missouri. They got a truck stop right there just off of Interstate 29. Well, a fella pulls up and gets $24 and some change worth of gasoline. Now that problem is is he doesn't pay for the gas he just drives off well they they call the police and report the gas drive off so the sheriff's department passes information along to the highway patrol and it eventually gets to Trooper Kimberling. Now he's up around St. Joseph at the time this is going on. Well, now when the fella leaves the lot, he pulls off and he hangs a left and he's heading to Interstate 29. Now he's got a decision to make. He can take a right, get on 29, and go southbound. And it'll take him about 40 minutes and he'll be in Kansas City. Or he can hang a left and go 29 north and head to St. Joseph. Now, I don't know if he knew where he was going or what he was doing or if he's just driving. Now, his daddy told Wisconsin authorities that he thought his son might be heading to Mexico. But I know you can't get to Mexico going north on 29, so I figure this fella, he's just, he's just riding. Well, he makes his decision. He crosses over. 29 hangs to the left, and he's going to go northbound on Interstate 29. Now, it's about a 17-minute drive to get up into the city limits. I'm sitting there on the interstate is Trooper Kimberling. Now, we got our fella... Riding northbound on I-29 in the Chevy Blazer. Now, while that's going on, up in Wisconsin, Daddy has told the police up there he doesn't want to prosecute his son for stealing his truck. Now, he tells the police, my son's off his medication, he's depressed, and he's suicidal. I don't want you to arrest him, 
but I'm concerned about his welfare, so I want the police, if they run into him, just to get a hold of him, hold on to him, and call Wisconsin. So Wisconsin police on Wednesday afternoon, they put out a national alert to 20 states. And the alert said that uh, suicidal subject was off his meds, suffers from paranoia and delusions, armed, if located, stop, hold, and advise. And it mentioned the fact that he was probably heading towards Mexico. Now, According to the material I've got, that bulletin got to Missouri authorities about 60 seconds after Sergeant Kimberling is going to make his traffic stop. Because of that, the dispatchers never had a chance to tell Sergeant Kimberling that the person he was stopping was suicidal, off his meds, paranoid, and delusional, and armed. Our delusional mental consumer, he gets up to exit 50 on I-29. He's in St. Joseph. Sergeant Kimberling has gotten in behind him and he sees that the vehicle matches the description of the one that did the gas drive off. So he stops him just past, just maybe 100 feet or so, north of the exit 50. Now when Sergeant Kimberling gets out, ordinarily you would walk up to the driver's side door. Well of course he's made this stop on the interstate. So what he does is, is he makes a passenger side approach. Now I don't think he would have made this approach in between the cars if their training is like mine was you always try to avoid walking in between the car you're stopping and your squad car so more than likely sergeant kimberling went around the rear of his car and approached now he's doing that for the obvious reason he's on the interstate and it's the danger of being struck by a car is greater than being shot by the person you've stopped. So it's definitely the, the maneuver you should do if you're making a traffic stop on the interstate. Now I used to do it at night on the city streets in the South Precinct just because it would throw people off. Because at night they didn't see me walk up and I could get onto the passenger side and see what they were doing before they knew where I was at. So it serves two purposes. So Sergeant Kimberling, 
he gets up to the passenger side. Well, as he's doing that, our suspect has gotten out of the blazer and he started walking back towards the rear of the of the SUV. And then for some strange reason, he turns and he sees the trooper on the passenger side of his vehicle and he starts running back to the truck. Now, I really don't understand why he did this. He, If he was afraid of the police or afraid he'd get arrested or whatever, why even get out? Why even go through the motions? But anyways, he turns and he runs back to the driver's side. Now, Trooper Kimberling, he runs around the back of the blazer and he runs up doing exactly what I would do or any other policeman. You see the person running back to the vehicle. Well, you want to get up there and grab them before this goes mobile. Now, once he gets up there to the truck, the SUV, the suspect is pulling the pistol out. So evidently the window's down and he's reached in and he's gotten the pistol out, the 357. So now Sergeant Kimberling, he's, I mean, you're screwed then. You, you're too close to do anything but grab him. So he grabs it. So now they're fighting. Now during this struggle, the suspect fires two shots. Well, the two rounds hit Sergeant Kimberling in the, in the vest. He is wearing a ballistic vest. The rounds hit him. Now they, they don't disable him, but the blunt force trauma knocks him down and he falls in front of the suspect vehicle. Now he's in, a third round is then fired and that round hits him in the right shoulder. Just playing the odds, I'd say Sergeant Kimberling is probably right-handed. Most people are. So that round would have, would have been disabling or definitely affected his ability to, to use his handgun. But now he is able to draw his duty weapon and he fires three rounds. And that must have been painful to have to move an arm that's been shot. Now one round misses. One round strikes the suspect in the left foot and the third round hits him in the right shin and it shatters the bone in that in the shin and that would be very painful. Well that causes the suspect to fall to the asphalt. But then the suspect is able to fire two more rounds. I do not know where those rounds hit or if both of them did hit. My understanding is both rounds hit Trooper Kimberling and one of those rounds was fatal. What the suspect does next we can only guess at why he did it. And he either was in great pain due to the that gunshot wound to the shin or the fact he was suicidal. He had one round left in his revolver and he took it and he ate the pistol and he shot himself and he's dead on the scene. Now I do not know if Sergeant Kimberling how much longer he lived. From what I've read he was dead on the scene and I don't know how long it took before help got to him. But with his final act, Trooper Kimberling definitely prevented what could have been a bad situation made worse because if that suspect is not shot 
and he's able to get back in the truck and drive off, then he's a risk to more officers and to the public. So Sergeant Kimberling died not knowing what a valiant effort he had performed. But I think his wife and two little girls already thought he was a hero long before he was. Sergeant Robert Gene Kimberling, end of watch, October 6, 1999.